that came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Get it? Like you're gonna use the girls? Well, maybe she's out. hanging on by a thread. Who knows? Maybe she'll get fired soon, and you'll get what you always wanted it's not <laughs> <laughs> I'd just say it's like if I had social media and I posted pictures of Which me should. Get, I, yeah. she probably should actually. if I had pictures of me just getting sloppy drunk and like with half naked chick I thought well, okay I would that's you why would I don't do have it. social media but like if I had that and then the school found out about it and like kids were looking at that all the time that would reflect poorly upon the school and I should rightfully be terminated so I if kids found out about like this that. podcast would you be terminated do you think <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly asking I, I don't, I don't think, think so, so I don't tell all your kids about this podcast it's not a triple x rated podcast or anything not yet yet that's true what's up y'all we're coming to you live from sunny san diego it's the podcast from outer space we got my man adam narlock in the house my brother ryan scott and it's your fucking boy rob scott right here so let's get into it, boys. Let's get into it. We're talking about Stranger Things tonight. We're getting in a little sci-fi, getting a little creepy with y'all, talking about some Halloween stuff. How are we doing tonight? We're doing pretty good. How the hell are we doing, Adam? <laughs> doing good, man. I'm glad to be here with you guys. I feel like it's been a while. <clears throat> episode one, first episode. We got um, September. It's September. We're currently in September. Uh, you know, everybody's getting back to school. October's right around the bend. We got Halloween coming up. If you went to the grocery store, you might think it's October already, though, because they already got so much Halloween shit out there. Halloween, pumpkin spice. That's <laughs> really pumpkin big. Spice. That's really big. Um, yeah, Halloween. What are we uh, doing for Halloween this year, boys? We dressing up. Are you dressing up, Adam? I don't really want to comment on that. <laughs> oh, you being Peter Pan again? I'm not going to be Peter Pan. Let me Pan just ask, what were you guys last year? Did you guys dress up last year? <laughs> I did dress up as Peter Pan last year. <laughs> and what, uh, what did you do? Did you by chance wear tights? No, <laughs> no tights, man. Blue jeans, blue jeans. But so what made you be, what was distincting you as Peter Pan? <laughs> you just wore jeans. <laughs> I, I had the I don't hat. recall that in the story. Book. I had the hat, the beard, and the love of cake. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a Osama bin Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan never had, actually did have a beard, Robin Williams. I'm saying, and he had a love of cake. <laughs> the camo Shit. jacket. I didn't even think about that. No. Oh, my, my girlfriend last year wanted to be Tinkerbell, so I got stuck being Peter Pan. So we didn't. <laughs> So let me ask you one thing, and I'm going to get kind of personal here. <clears throat> Did you um, have sexual relations in the Tinkerbell costume? Was she wearing it? Now that you say that, I kind of wish she had. <laughs> can we talk about? Can we talk about this? Okay. All right, here can we, we go. talk about this about what? Uh, listen. <clears throat> One of my favorite pornographic films, and I can't find it anymore online, and this this bothers me, this upsets me. <laughs> they took it down. I guess they took it down. It was a chick in a Tinkerbell costume. How old was she? That's maybe why they took it down. <laughs> or more importantly, how did you come across that well, just one? What was that website? What was the link? Where was that posted? If I ever find it, I'll, I'll send did it Did you to actually you. search that or is that just like something you stumbled on in the rabbit hole I of porn stumbled, that you had you, been looking at? It, was, it must have been on a Halloween night. I don't think it was last year. <laughs> on Halloween night. It was on Halloween night. So you watched it with your girlfriend no, who no, was I Tinkerbell? No, I didn't get that lucky. All right, well, back to the material at hand here. <laughs> Episode one, we've got, we're covering Stranger Things, all your Stranger Thing needs, uh, epi season two, excuse me, right around the corner. Uh, so yeah, this episode, we're basically just going to get into some uh, background on the show, you know, stuff that we think is interesting, how it relates to real life real and fictional influences and a bunch of fan theories uh towards the end there so um 
you know, hopefully it's going to be good. You guys, we've uh, all been catching up, doing a lot of bare bones research, just getting into the nitty gritty of Stranger Things. I've Spoiler been, alert. been reading for weeks. Yeah, this is going to have spoilers, so do yourself a favor if you haven't seen it and uh, just pause this and go ahead and watch the whole season. Binge burn through it pretty class. Probably a great idea for you. Yeah, pretty fast. Um, so, a little bit of background on the show. Um, Stranger Things, it's everywhere. You've seen it everywhere. If you haven't, you've been living under a rock. Uh, so, this show was created by these guys, um, Matt and Ross Duffer. They're actually twin brothers. They were raised in uh, Durham, North Carolina. And uh, Here's well, a fun fact. They were actually nerds in high school. They were huge nerds in Big high surprise. school. Big surprise. I mean, yeah. there, there's three of us here, three brothers. If you do you think if we had been nerds, we could have come up with something like this? Uh, maybe. I, I mean, think we, I was a nerd. I yeah, think we kind you of were probably nerds, the most dude. popular of us. No, you know? We're know. running a football sci-fi team. podcast I'm the wide now. receiver on the football team. You used to beat me up in the hallways. <laughs> Never once did I. You might, might have shoved me in a locker once. You know, maybe the Boy I've Scout I've seen background. you guys both box in the front yard. Yeah, and who kicked <laughs> who's ass? <laughs> but that was after high school. I thought you said high school, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, do you think we could have... I mean, we easily could have come up with something like this, and here we are talking about it instead. Hey, I think we still can, boys. Ooh, that's true. Anyway, so these guys were huge nerds. They apparently found out that it was very easy to write from the perspective of everybody's favorite, Mike and his friends, the uh, nerds in the show. I mean, I, I would just say they're nerds. They sit around playing Dungeons and Dragons, right? Absolutely, yes. Or was that cool in the 80s? I was only there for the tail end, but we won't know. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think I was it only was there cool. For two years. And I don't know that it was cool then or now. And Barb, uh, fan favorite, huge <laughs> nerd, RIP on the show. RIP Barb for now. Pour some out for her. And just, I'd, I'd like all of our listeners to just do me a solid and try to think of who the Barb in your high school was and maybe send out some thoughts her way. You know, we were actually doing that earlier. We couldn't really come up with a good answer. And we didn't really want to put anyone from our high school on blast. On the <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to put anyone on blast. But yeah, this person was a loser. <laughs> so uh, currently the Duffers are age 33. Their first film was Hidden, which uh, they wrote and directed in uh, 2015, which if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, I actually watched it in preparation for this. Um, it's about like uh, a virus outbreak, very zombie-ish, although not really, but kind of cool twist ending. You can get the whole, their whole, you get a sense that they directed it is what I'm trying to say. So... They drew a lot of their inspiration from old M. Night Shyamalan, who actually hired them to uh, work on a few episodes of Wayward Pines after he saw Hidden. And that brings us right up to Stranger Things. They began uh, developing the pilot for this. Um, I know they pitched it to several um, major networks who actually turned it down because the plot was centered around children. What do we think about that? No, I get that as a teacher. (laughs) Children will get you in trouble, man. (laughs) (laughs) Borderline inappropriate. Hey, I'm just telling you how it is. Not for me personally. They'll take down those Tinkerbell pornos with children, (laughs) as we all know. (laughs) God damn it. So, yeah, um, after all those networks uh, said no, basically gave it a hard pass. Yeah. Uh, eventually, it made its way to Netflix, and they purchased it for an undisclosed amount. They still haven't released the numbers on that, but it seems to be um, one of their bigger hits. The only, uh, actually, looking at this rating chart we've pulled, the only shows to have higher um, 15-day viewings on Netflix platform is the new season of Orange Is the New Black and. Huge shocker. You ready for it? Fuller House. I will be completely honest with you. I've seen all three of these shows, and Stranger Things is definitely the best one. 
what I, as a Duffer Brothers, what do you think you do after all these networks turn you down and then you turn around and go ahead and crank out a show like Stranger Things that's so popular and so successful? Like, how do you basically tell the net all the networks that turned you down? Like, fuck you. This is the girl that wouldn't go to prom with you in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like having that successful of a show is their way of like that's the, their success is basically a fuck you to those other networks. You know what I mean? I get that. Because all those other networks are now like, fuck. And who knows if it even would have been as successful the on one a that network. got away. <laughs> I mean, She'll can, never know. <laughs> can you imagine uh, if this was on network TV? I mean, this is a show that by the third episode I had to keep going. Imagine waiting a whole week. Well, we're going to have to do that with the new See season. That. But I agree. Like, if it had been on network TV, like, I don't think they could have gotten away with some of the, the things they yeah i don't know man i was watching a season of american horror story they've got some very graphic stuff in there yeah but that's like TV. late night tv dude and it's on fx fx is a little edgy you know no i, I mean i <laughs> guess edgy they got. south park gets away with some stuff family guy got away with a lot of stuff <laughs> I, uh, think, I think it's actually for the best because i feel like it just gets the audience a little bit more involved. You know, you can binge watch it. You don't have to worry about waiting. Very true. Very true. Back to these brothers. So Matt claims that, uh, the two brothers had a lot of heated arguments about the final brothers arguing title. We've all been there. (laughs) If you have a brother, I suppose that we've all been there. I imagine it being uh, 10 times more tougher with, uh, twins, you know, Mm. I mean, don't they say that twins can, like, feel what the other one's thinking? I don't know about that. <laughs> Is that a thing? I just know from working with my two brothers, they feel creative pain. differences definitely can come up from time to time. <laughs> I actually work with twins at work, and they seem like they hate each other. So I feel I've, like it's just... Uh, look at Lindsay Lohan in that movie. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> Parent Trap is what we're referring to. <laughs> yeah, her, her twin actually died, right? That's what I heard. (laughs) Okay, so they had a lot of heated arguments about the title. They eventually drew inspiration from Stephen King's novel, Needful Things. That's where they claim the title comes from. Um, So the Duffer's entire concept for Stranger Things was uh, to apply the 2013 film Prisoners to a eight episode TV show format, which um, if you haven't seen that movie, it's basically their whole premise was they wanted to capture the grief of like a, a parent with a missing child. Spread that over. Now, based on the ratings, do you, after seeing Hidden and Stranger Things, I'd say Stranger Things is definitely better, but do you think they'll be able to top Stranger Things? And do you think season two will be as good as season one? A lot of people are saying because season one was so big, they're going to have so many, a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of hands trying to get in. It's not going to be as good. Creative differences. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, there. I feel like there's plenty of people that have gone on to do bigger and better things from where they started. And even though this is like super successful, has a cult following now pretty much, I think they can continue on. No, I agree. I think they got a couple seasons before they got to start worrying about, you know, before they start running it too long or creative differences and stuff, definitely. Right, right, right. Definitely. The definitely. kids grow up. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is in The Simpsons where Bart can be 10 years old for 27 years. Like, Who knows? Maybe they'll do uh, Stranger Things all grown up. <laughs> a little inspiration from Stephen King's It. So the... Um, the aspects of their directing styles, uh, you can see inspiration from Steven Spielberg, John Carpenter, George Lucas, uh, even Stephen King. Uh, this show's got odes to E.T., The Goonies, Altered States, X-Files, Stand By Me, Alien, Silent Hill, you name it, it's got it. Um, and this was uh, subconsciously and on purpose, the Duffers explained that they did this. They wanted to give the audience the feel of watching an 80s television show, which I think they uh, they accomplished. You oh, know? spot on, yeah. spot on. I get the retro feel from this one. And um, one of the more interesting aspects that I think uh, they really recognize that a lot of those, you know, iconic 80s films, like with Poltergeist, you have 
they're taking an ordinary object that people interact with every day and they're ma- they're giving it something uh you know a creepy element to it like the shower scene in psycho everyone's got to take a shower you know when that came out people were scared to take showers um if poltergeist deals with the tv they got everything coming from the tv that's what gave the duffers the inspiration for the uh, christmas light strings to communicate with will and I- i'll be honest every time i see christmas lights now mm. that's what i think of mm. how about you guys oh definitely and that's a big part of uh, I feel like a lot of Halloween theme parties this year buy some Christmas lights (laughs) Christmas light sales will be flying in October do you think they're going to start selling them that early probably so I mean they're already selling Halloween stuff most definitely yeah and Christmas is even bigger oh what is it Uh, late August early September let's put some Halloween stuff out there guys Stranger Things season 2 is coming up we gotta get these lights out now I would not be surprised. I would not be shocked to see Stranger Things branded Christmas lights in not, stores. Not surprised <laughs> at all. You get the little 80s package and everything. But that's the thing, too. Like, you see, like, the main line of communication is that old school telephone with the dial and attached oh, yeah, to a wall. rotary dial. I remember Kid, those. Kids don't even know about that. Yeah. Now. That's the whole thing. Cassettes. Kids don't know about. Yeah. I've actually seen dad rip one of those out of the wall and <laughs> smash it before. But if they've seen Stranger Things, that's right. tying them right back to it. They're saying, oh, what is that telephone? So I mean we're old okay <laughs> so some of the uh this was a little interesting piece i found out there in my research some of the budgetary confines um on the show that led to a lot of the show's main developments and i think for the better the original title of the show was going to be montauk is that how you would say that? Give Mon- it a try. Montauk, Montauk, New Jersey. Montauk, New York. New York. New York. That's where they were going to have it set because the Duffers' favorite movie is Jaws. Ah. They wanted it to be set in a coastal town as an homage to Jaws. Uh, but that ended up being too expensive. They ended up having to shoot it in their fictional town of Hawkins, Indiana. They wanted it to be up in uh, freaking Montauk, you know what I'm saying? Hey, freaking coastal town in New York, you know? Hey, you know, what are we, we got this freaking lab over here. These guys are doing experiments on kids. What doing doing freaking experiments here? on kids. Can you freaking believe it? Forget about it. <laughs> you believe these guys over here? We got demons coming out the freaking portal over here. That would be uh, if the show was set in Montauk. So back to it. It was set in Hawkins, Indiana. What do you, how do you guys think about that? I think that's a better, I honestly think that's a better setting because... Either of you have been to Indiana? I have driven through it briefly once. I, I have a sister who attends <laughs> Ryan, you university were there. there. <laughs> um, it's a weird place from what I heard. You have an ex-girlfriend, an ex-relation from there. From what I understand, it's a weird place, man. Relation. Let's stick, let's let's stick, stick with that with one. Relation. Yes. I did not have relations with that woman. Very weird place. You could definitely see the government being The Midwest as a whole, shit. man, is just weird. So that's, I, where, th- that's exactly where they put those things, where nobody would think twice and where nobody goes. <laughs> exactly. Hey, man, yeah. there's a lot of people in the Midwest, all right? Yeah, but if you're from there, you're not going to question Shout anything out to the, the Midwest. government. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're Shout just going to go with it, man. Okay, so number two, another uh, budgetary constraint uh, was the title sequence. I think this is the best one. That title sequence mm. with the synth music, Ooh. very dead zony, altered states Ooh, vibe. cinema vibes of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know? Oh, really? Anyone else getting that? Yes, yes. I don't remember that title sequence. I have to go see it again. <laughs> Got to go watch that tonight. Well, it's Halloween. You know, I'll get all the classic horrors out. Ooh, even Halloween, the little John Carpenter feel. Yeah, that little little synth in there yeah so that's where they were Can going we drop one of those yeah we'll, we'll cut that in we'll cut that in <laughs> um that's where the uh synth came from obviously um both 80s inspired uh number three uh this was uh they wanted no green screens um so the upside down uh ross was saying that he didn't want it to look too expensive and be like super crazy uh, so basically they just used fog and ash. To that was attain. actually pretty surprising to me because I for sure thought that was CGI. 100%. Yeah. I thought every little piece of floating debris was <laughs> CGI in there, which every piece. Yeah. Find out that's just, they just threw ash everywhere. 
<laughs> they're just it throwing it around <laughs> for the uh what are you doing today? i gotta go throw some ash around on this other stranger thing for it, the scenes where they filmed inside Eleven's uh, psyche or mind, whatever you want to call it, uh, those trips to the other side, uh, they just hung up black curtains everywhere and put an inch of water on the ground. Again, they didn't have the budget to do crazy visual effects in those, and they just said, hey, the simpler the better. Still killed it, though, because oh, yeah. those scenes yeah. were pretty creepy. Sticking Definitely. with the 80s theme of less is more. So... That's bringing us right into Is Everybody Ready for Breakdown of the Show? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we're getting into the breakdown. This is where we've got the research coming into play. So, set in Hawkins, Indiana, like we were talking about. Uh, we've got the 80s, you know, this is uh, one of those real life inspirations. Uh, I think this is this is a great aspect to the show, set in the 80s to give it that paranoia feel. Um, you know, the government's up to crazy shit in the 80s. We had the Cold War kicking in, um, you know, this lab. Just ending at its peak, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was a high time of paranoia for the U.S. people. Um so we've got this lab, Hawkins, Indiana, Department of Energy, doing God knows what. And Experimenting on kids, apparently. Yep. Paranormal, supernatural uh, experiments. Um, very similar to MKUltra. Uh, Duffers actually mention experiments in the Cold War and MKUltra as inspiration for plot elements of the show. And... Cold War, paranoia, everyone's getting paranoid. This this was a show that I was watching and, you know, by, say, episode four or five, I'm thinking, hey, this guy's a freaking bad guy over here. Everybody's a bad guy. Who do I trust? DTA. What do you X-Files. hear? What do you say? <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, did it build up a paranoia feeling with you? Very Red Dawn kind of feel to it. And honestly, I'm still afraid of these communists. Red scare still alive in He's my home right Still now. kicking Bastard. right now. Dude. Still kicking. Think a bomb's about to drop on you? You know, you never things, know. Are, things are going down Eastern Europe. It's getting North crazy Korea. out there. It's getting crazy out there. Stay safe, everybody. So, yeah, MK Ultra being a heavy influence on the show. Uh, these were basically, if you don't know what that is, look it up. There's a ton of info about it, a ton of good books on it. But uh, basically in the early 50s, uh, didn't cease until 73 that we know of the cia was out there performing clandestine operations on human behavior mind control using psychedelic drugs whatever they could get their hands on do you really think they're not still doing that because that's horseshit. Oh, I want the Midwest, man. No one's going to pay attention. I 100%. Not even just in the Midwest. They're probably doing that all over the fucking this world, This just dude. makes me think of Pineapple Express at the <laughs> beginning, you know? <laughs> There's fluoride in the water and mercury in the fish. When you think of your superiors, what emotions do you feel? And so, uh, yeah, th- that... MK Ultra shit. There's a ton of uh, leaked government files that you can actually read through that are redacted, which is pretty crazy. Just to hear all the stuff that the government did. They had, uh, think it was close to 14 public universities that they were like developing these front agencies through to do that. Which is where the that's also where the sensory deprivation comes into play, and. Um, that gets it into the relation to Altered States, um, another classic sci-fi film. If you haven't seen that, that's where we get the... Uh, it's a novel by Patty Chayefsky. Chayefsky? Chayefsky. Chayefsky. My name is Patty Chayefsky. And speaking of sensory deprivation tanks... Can, can I just... Can I... Can I for yeah, please, please. Would it not be cool... And I would love to hear some viewer feedback on this because I guarantee you someone out there is going to agree. I know they're, they're listening. Maybe someone viewers. already I'm did sorry. it. I'm sorry. Y'all see, this is the hey, problem. Hey, maybe one day they will be Listeners, viewers. You never know. They can't see it. Maybe they have sensory deprivation tanks of their own. Listen, 
Would it not be cool if just for part of the show, we fill up the bathtub, throw in some salt, what, either Rob, Ryan, or myself, we're just laying in the bathtub, got the headphones on, sensory deprivation. You guys wouldn't be able to see it, but I'm telling you, I feel like it'd be really cool. It's not going to work, dude. I told you. I just, it really won't work. I'm with Rob on this one. It's not a matter of <laughs> What do you mean it's not going to work? If it's, it's not so, going to work, then why do it? Someone's just laying in the tub. With headphones, <laughs> you're gonna die. At that point, it would be you laying naked in a bathtub while Getting we're recording. Why do I have <laughs> to wear a bathing suit? <laughs> so, wait. First off, have you have either of you ever done a, a sensory deprivation? Thing? No, but I know enough about it to know that you're not supposed to be touching anything. What about any kind it? of sensory deprivation? What? Yeah. Okay, so back in high school, oh. we used to. You know, oh my god! Okay, as dude. a high school kid, you're trying to th- you're come up about the ping pong balls. Yeah, you're you're trying to be creative with this. So I started getting really heavy into this sensory deprivation stuff and really reading heavy about into it. Some psychedelic drugs. So maybe. if you drugs, if you like tape ping pong balls over your eyes, you have lay, to cut them in half, folks. Yeah, lay in a recliner. Tape some ping pong balls over your eyes. I have ping pong balls and a recliner right here. Okay, we'll do it after this. We'll do it after this, and we'll let our listeners know how it goes. I'm not taking part in that. So you you tape them over your eyes. You turn the channel to just like diffused light. I don't think they have that anymore. Boom, you set right in there, listen to white noise, and within like, I'd say, everything I read said, if you do it more than 30 minutes, you're really messing up your mental psyche. In a good or a bad way? A bad way. And how long did you do this <laughs> a for? very <laughs> bad way. So... How long did you do it for? I never did it longer than 30 minutes, but after about Allegedly, 10, yes. 20 minutes, your mind, all senses are cut off, so it starts just developing its own reality. And you start getting... You start seeing hallucinations, stuff like that. But the sensory deprivation tanks take it a step further, and they're cutting off the water... So it's the close. I've been, I've never been in a, a actual tank, but I've heard that it's the closest thing to just floating out in outer space. Would you guys want to try it? They have these. Uh, I would be down to try it. Okay, maybe we'll make that a, a little episode, a little thirty-minute episode. Have Adam, on. <laughs> Adam's for Fisher Price, my first float tank. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well go get an inflatable kiddie pool and do it in that. Yeah, we could, we, we, we could go just full re- Stranger re- Things. Yeah, exactly. We can just recreate the high school gym scene. I'd be more interested in doing the the freezing thing you know what I'm talking about Cryo cryogenics yeah they have one of those totally around here thing. too they got I, one of those around I here I know too. I'm just saying I'd be more interested in that than a float tank I will do the float tank you can do the cryo yeah okay they have one around here I got coupons for it ooh so ooh, yes ooh, ooh. the film Altered States all about this type of stuff it was actually based on uh, John C. Lilly he is the researcher who is credited with the development of isolation tanks uh, this guy was crazy. He he would go in these float tanks uh, under the influence of drugs like mescaline, ketamine, LSD. I mean, God knows what else. You name it, he's probably doing it. Uh, he developed these tanks because he thought that everyone, every conscious animal their consciousness is on like a global net. So dolphins are highly intelligent. Lily was fascinated with dolphins and he wanted to communicate with them. So he thought if he could cut out all senses and just get to the bare bones, human consciousness, he could somehow communicate with dolphins. And there's like ton of research on this. I actually went super deep one day down the rabbit hole, looking this stuff up. And, um, yeah, he is the scientist who's credited with that. And, um, his, his work was funded by the government. And before I drop this little tidbit in there, let me just give you a quote from this guy. So he did a lot of work with this guy, Dr. Craig Enright. And one day he says, this guy started me on ketamine while taking a trip with me here by the isolation tank. Suddenly he became a chimp jumping up and down, hollering for 25 minutes. Watching him, I was frightened. I asked him later, where the hell were you? And he said, I became a pre-hominid and I was in a tree. A leopard was trying to get me, so I was trying to scare him away. (laughs) Thoughts on that? This is a 
government funded research scientists. It sounds it, like they were getting paid to just trip their balls it off. It sounds a lot like a lot of your high school summers. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Before hey, the man, you know balls. we were trying to get creative all summer. And so, um, yeah, this guy Lily was crazy. And why they stopped funding his research. So he had a full-on team working with him. And he had this lady who he basically made an apartment for this dolphin like everything was in there like the floor it was water this is like some ace ventura shit yeah right? yeah it was water everywhere they had she had her desk in there and the dolphin would get like how much water are we talking uh, i mean probably like waist high and they had a live dolphin yeah in so it could interact with the human and they could pick up on its mannerisms and they <sighs> shut it down weird. because they found the lady how do i put this um no easy way to put this. She was jerking off the dolphin <laughs> because no. its sexual frustration would get in the way of their research, she claimed. Get so that, she would just that. say, hey, I'll just give this little guy a hand job and we'll be on with our business, <laughs> our studies. That's why Straight they, out of TJ. That's why they <laughs> shut, shut this guy, guy down. Sounds like the government has a lot of time on their hands. But yeah, check out Alter States. No, um, other no masturbating dolphins in there, but it's all <laughs> about uh, float tanks. And whole premise of the movie is spoiler coming up. This guy does all these things, all these experiments, and regresses further and further, like backwards in evolution. It's pretty crazy. Just check it out. Next up, we've got. The opening scene of Stranger Things. Maybe you're familiar. Uh, just, just tell me, guys. What were the kids playing? What game was that? I believe it was Dungeons and Dragons. Confirmed. You guys ever played? <sighs> have not. I, you know, being a Boy Scout, which we all have been there, <laughs> uh, did see it get played a lot. Never partook personally. I don't know if what you guys were doing, but. Anyone else? That's not what I was doing. I gave it the old college try one time just to see what it's like, just for a second. (laughs) Just to see how it feels. Just to see how it felt. Just a second. Is it similar to Magic or Pokemon? Uh, (laughs) Pokemon. I feel like those are more card games, and D&D is more like a role-playing. Not not quite as far as like LARPing or anything, but... There's not cards in the game, though. It's all like out of a book. You roll some dice. You have a little Monopoly-type little token character some maps drawn people are doing things all i know is i'm rolling a lot of dice okay people are yelling at me very hands-on people it, are yelling it's like at playing me. monopoly as a kid like it's very scary it's frightening it's basically monopoly for nerds is how we're gonna break it down now in this opening scene the uh kids are playing dungeons and dragons when they mention the demogorgon and this becomes what they named the creature in the upside down so like we were saying only one of us has played dungeons and dragons so we had to do some research into that one out of three ain't bad though you know one time did one you time. encounter the demogorgon when you played uh, i couldn't even did you were you able to cast a fireball will cast it protect all right how long did your campaign go that's what they call them right i yeah, I think this was just one specific event, but it is definitely very... I, I commend the guys. They put in a lot of time, a lot of detail, a lot of effort. I couldn't do it, that's for sure. Uh, it was definitely a couple hours that night, but like I know those guys went on and played and continued for a couple more hours after that. You see in the show, they're playing for 10 hours a day. Like that's, Maybe we do an episode, you know, we, we all sit around and play D&D. If any of <laughs> that you, would be great If radio. any of you play D&D, <laughs> let us know. We, we want to get in on this just for the old, you know, scientific process, college try kind of thing. So the Demogorgon into my Dungeons and Dragon research draws its inspiration from a creature found in Greek mythology. Mm. But in the game, it is an 18 foot tall reptilian or amphibious hermaphroditic monster. Uh, can't this'll, assume identities. Can't yep, assume genders. This will come into one of our theories a little later. Well, hermaphrodite theory, we call it. Well, in the show though, when you see it briefly, you can't really tell what it is. So they kind of, you know, kept to that same yeah, that's, that's same concept. Not exactly as D&D describes it, but similar. So it's got a uh, two mandrel head 
And if you don't know what that is, think of Rafiki from The Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got two Rafiki heads sprouting from his twin (laughs) snake-like necks. And his arms are long tentacles. Two blue butts for heads, apparently, (laughs) as we found out. No, just his butt would be blue, (laughs) but his heads are Rafiki. (laughs) (laughs) If the Demogorgon just had Rafiki, the Demogorgon in Stranger Things just had a blue ass. Double, <laughs> double blue ass. Yeah. Double. Hey, the way that thing opened up, man. So uh, these, uh, it's got names for each of these heads. I'm not going to really get into all this nerd lingo, but um, so the two personas <laughs> strive to dominate and even kill each other. Nerd lingo. One is set on total domination and just sheer brutality, and the other, it's like deceptive, which. That's what a lot of people think relates the monster to Eleven, monster being an extension of her own psyche when we go into the Upside Down and, you know, she's deceiving this group of boys. She's really evil. What do we think about that? Can we? Yeah, yeah I was going to ask if we could address that because when you physically see the monster in the show, there's one head, right? Or yeah. did I miss something? Did I miss that something? you see. One you head see. and a bright blue ass. <laughs> the two, no two blue bright, ass. Well, apparently, apparently. No yeah. Rafiki on this guy. So, obviously, we're looking at D&D lore here. We're looking at the creature handbook, and this thing's supposed to have two heads, creature. but we see one. It still does have the long fingers, though. Hermaphrodite. No, and then I get that. And you I, can't really tell if it's a guy or a girl. But no, it's no. all slimy, reptilian, if you will. Hundred percent get that, but I'm just saying we see the one head, and that makes me question where is the other one? Or did the, so? It's like is the eleven the extension that we're hinting at? Or yes, I think so. <laughs> I think it's this crazy monster is hiding behind this innocent little girl. Did that's what I'm wondering. Did the brothers intentionally leave out that second head, or like you know? Did they intentionally leave out the head or do they somehow connect it? Or do they stray from the D&D creature handbook that says there's two heads? Am I overthinking this? Maybe. Maybe That's it's a little combination of all of those. Yeah. A little also, com- while we're on the D&D side note, do you think that, you know, maybe they underplayed that D&D game? A lot of people didn't think about that till the show was over. Because you know how, you know, Will can't cast a fireball, then he... You know, in the end, ends up getting sucked in to the upside down. Hey, so a lot of guys. But have he makes a it out of there fireball, because okay. he did. <laughs> he did cast the protection spell, so he ends up making it out. So is that whole game just a premonition for the of show? The show, okay, interesting. I had not thought about that, but I'd have to go back and watch the game scene because I do remember the fireball. Yeah, remember the dice go on the floor and he doesn't get to do the fireball? And, and he's honest about it. That's the yeah. thing that gets me. What if he just lied and be like, yeah, I killed that thing. Because before he disappears, remember the lights start all going flickering, going a little crazy? Going crazy. You're right. You're but that'd be right. a lesson to you folks. Lie if you play this game, apparently. Otherwise, strange things happen to you. Which leads right into our next topic, the X-Men volume that's mentioned. Yeah, so right before Will's disappearance, Dustin is racing him home, and he asks for a comic book. That comic book was X-Men Volume 1, number 134. This was issued in June of 1980, and the storyline for this comic is centered around the Hellfire Club and a one Dark Phoenix, a.k.a. Jean Grey. Now... How's this relate, you may ask? If you're not a fan of the comics, give this a little Google. Look into this. Do some research or just keep listening to this podcast. So Dark Phoenix uh, started off as Jean Grey, but in this issue, she's corrupted by the Hellfire Club. And she develops... uh, She has... uh, what, What is it? Telekinesis? Telekinesis. Telekinesis. Would be the word you're looking for. Okay. She's got... Telekinetic, telekinetic there you go. abilities, abilities. 
and uh, she unleashes this monster dark phoenix from within the darkness of her own soul. Sounds like Mm. a character in the show. Sounds Sounds like like something we might have heard of. Yeah, you know, if this government agency is doing fucked up stuff to those little kids, she's going to have a lot of darkness in that soul. (laughs) So, the setting of the comic book is the Hellfire Club. And this comic ends with Jean revealing herself as Dark Phoenix, blows up the X-Men ship. Now, I think this is a relation to the Demogorgon. You know, season one, she destroys the Demogorgon, but I think that's still very much a part of her, which season two, she's obviously not dead. Neither is the monster, right? Uh, That we know of so far. I really have that one teaser video to go off part of her own psyche. And the next issue in the X-Men comics, 135, the cover hints at Jean Grey's destruction of the X-Men. So, premonition for season two, possibly. Mm. Eleven. Mine. Just real fucking up these kids. She's getting in their heads. <laughs> she's man, I don't agree with that, um, that she's evil. Go I've, on. I feel like that even though she can interact with the Upside Down and she does have a fucked up past, I think she's trying to help them out and save them from that evil. Not Maybe there is, I mean, obviously there's a connection. She can like go back and forth between worlds, but it's just, I don't know. Maybe I just don't want to believe it. Hard truth, man. Hard egg crack. Sad but true. So, Hellfire Club is the setting, which I think is very similar to this Hawkins lab. Hellfire, Hawkins, I'm seeing the H connection. Two H's. Two H's, guys. So, in doing Uh a little more digging on the actual Hellfire Club, we find that Hellfire was the name given to several popular secret societies throughout history for high society womanizers. Uh, Most of these were established in Britain and Ireland in the 18th century, and such clubs were allegedly, air quotes, uh, meeting places for persons of quality who wanted to take part in socially perceived immoral acts, and the members were often involved in politics. A one Benjamin Franklin was rumored to have been a member. So basically these guys sit around watching Tinkerbell porn is what you're getting at. <laughs> yes. Old Benny Frank, dude. You know, they're diddling kids out there. So what my <laughs> question is, Christ. My, my question is, what is a socially perceived immoral act in the 18th century? I feel dude, like that was I like... I feel like they were doing some fucked up shit back then. Yeah, but a socially perceived immoral act, I feel like that's like Dewey Cox when they're holding hands and everyone's like, oh my God, <laughs> and they're running. You know, that was yeah, only That's like an 50s. exaggeration though, dude. Yeah, so this is the 18th century. We're even further back than that. What do you think a socially immoral <sighs> act is? I kind of feel like it I think it's doing sword. that kind of stuff behind closed doors, you know? Stuff that might be looked down upon if you did it out in public. Yeah, so we got all these political guys just doing God knows what to all these kids. I think not that's, much has changed. Yeah. That happens all the time. Shout out to the Catholic Church. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. We do. <laughs> okay, so that's just a little food for thought on the real Hellfire Club, but strictly in regards to the X-Men comics, um, Hellfire is an ancient club for the rich and hedonistic and an influential criminal organization that has played a prominent role in various storylines since its introduction in the f- in one of the earlier comics, and it plays a pivotal part in the Dark Phoenix saga. So this is why I think close tie to the Hawkins lab. They developed Eleven. You know, Eleven is basically the character of Dark Phoenix. I actually saw somebody did a, a rip-off, like, Stranger Things t-shirt. It was the cover of that comic book, but it was Eleven, mm. and instead of the Phoenix behind her, it was the Demogorgon monster. Badass. Flames. Yeah, it was pretty badass. I've seen now, something similar. Let's, let's be honest here. The original Hellfire Club sounds exactly like the one in X-Men. 
I don't think they're letting any poor people back in the 1800s into this secret society where they're doing all this sketchy things behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Benjamin Very Franklin, the guy's on the $100 bill. <laughs> yeah, he had to Let's be, be doing really some fucked up shit. You're absolutely right. I think he was probably developing some mutants that could uh, summon <laughs> a firebird with their mind. Maybe. I think that might have been a little bit before his time. So, getting right into... Eleven herself. Um, the first time I will say that I ever finished the series, uh, immediately what I thought of was an episode of the X Files. Now, now which episode was that? Now that was season one. And what was the number? The number. Shocker, guys! Are we ready for this? Can you guess it? Episode number eleven. It's called Eve. Boom. If you've never seen it, go ahead and check that out before season two comes out. Uh, this originally aired on December 10th in 93. And the premise of this episode is a little girl. Oh, similar right off the bat. So we got episode 11. We got little girls involved. And <laughs> so do you think that's uh, do you think that's any influence coincidence oh i think coincidence so. or I not mean, just listen to this episode or not so starts off little girl's dad is found dead it's got two strange marks on his neck Mulder thinks this is aliens as always also spoilers guys uh we're gonna go through this whole episode so if you haven't seen the episode give it a watch or just listen and then maybe watch it but as always Mulder thinks it's aliens um when Scully's interviewing the girl, she says she saw red lightning. Now, does that sound like anything we've seen before in relation to Stranger Things? Season two trailer, anybody? Oh, we see some red lightning in one of Will's flashbacks or whatever you want to call it. And in the episode, she says that men came from the clouds wanting to exsanguinate her dad, which means uh, drain his blood until he was dead. So, uh, just as we were saying, she said she saw red lightning. Now they find an identical girl across the country, exact same circumstances, identical likeness to this other girl. They think they're twins, come from completely separate mothers. Uh, basically, Mulder gets a uh, tip on a Cold War era. Oh, also relation to Stranger Things. Super Soldier Program which was to produce genetically modified children. You heard it right, GMO babies. They're still trying to push that stuff out there. And uh, <laughs> both of these soldiers, women were Eves, men were Adams, and they were assigned numbers, just like 11. Mm. And in short, it turns out that the uh, girls, each one has a different special ability. They try to kill the agents, end up escaping, and are back into the hands of the other Eve clones. Now, this is why I thought it was pretty crazy, because obviously Eleven is the 11th one of God knows how many of these kids are doing experiments on. And I think it would be really cool if you if they kind of blow that off the top in the next season, we see all these kids with crazy different abilities. What do you think about that, guys? Ooh, I'm thinking, you know, I feel like we might get a little glimpse into that. Don't see it going too much further than that. You know, maybe they run into a couple of the kids when they're going through the old Department of Energy, if that, you will. That lab was very big, and you got to think there's at least 10 other kids in there. They've got to be part of the story at some point. You're I right, think they're right. doing more than experimenting on kids there, though. What are we thinking? Well, half of the lab seems like it's turned into the upside down. If you recall, click click sacrifices to the demigorgon, maybe <sighs> little demigorgon. Yeah, or maybe we don't see any of the kids. Maybe you know they just blow it all up. Ah, because eleven already, you know, monkeys out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's one of your theories. <laughs> Season one and two. Yep. So you think that they're gonna blow up the entire lab? <laughs> I'm just throwing. I'm just spitballing here. Just throwing monkeys out, out of the bottle, guys. <laughs> I'm talking about how Eleven already escaped from the Department of Energy. Everyone, I mean, well, not everyone, but I mean, obviously, all the main characters involved know of her existence. So, do we think Hopper 
is a bad guy. <laughs> now, where would it's you get a theory like theory. that? I think he's a badass. He is badass. Almost too badass, would you ooh. say? Ooh, 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 Some ooh. people say he's too badass to be a small town cop. Now, I get <laughs> he's from the big city, but for this guy city to slicker. go into a top secret lab and just basically Bruce Lee his way through this whole thing, it's got to be something up with this guy, right? Seems like maybe he's been in that situation before. The instance where... After he goes into the lab and everything, and he's checking his house for all the bugs and stuff, that really caught my attention. I, I, I agree. Like, I don't think some small time country cop is going to know all this. He's not going to be thinking like that in my book. Now, I think this guy watches a lot of kung fu. Or here's another theory that you guys haven't even thought of yet. Maybe this guy's just so pissed off about his daughter, Eleven's, you know, bringing those flashbacks, and she's already getting taken back from these guys. He's so pissed off, he just goes in there Rambo-styles these motherfuckers, and now he's like, you know what? If you guys want me to be part of your team, I will. And he's just going to infiltrate their society and just fuck them up from the inside out. Say hello to my little friend. Okay, so you think that Hop's daughter... That's another theory. The Hop's daughter theory was in some way experimented on. We don't know how she died yet. In an interview at, I believe it was a Comic-Con panel, they asked him, do we know how your daughter dies? He said, well, yeah, but we're saving that for maybe one of the upcoming seasons. Didn't didn't, didn't say. get into specifics. Yeah, didn't get into specifics. Didn't want to drop any spoilers on His you. daughter was one of the... Experiment days gone wrong? Maybe so. One through ten? You never know. Maybe we'll find out this new season, you know? Okay. What is, well, Are you going with that theory? You think he's a bad guy? I don't think he's 100% Okay, bad. maybe not a bad guy, but you think that he has definitely worked in the government before he became the sheriff or whatever of Hawkins? I don't even know. Maybe not the government. I just think that he knows more than what we know as and an what audience. we perceive yes. or what we're yes this is glad to believe okay classic okay. suspense i'll buy into it this time so do we think this was a theory we already discussed but 11 is bad she's a part of the monster and see that's where i'm going to disagree with you yeah i don't want to say she's bad i'm sure it's one of those things it could be one of those coming of age things like am i good am i bad what do i stand for what do i believe and she's trying to figure out who she is as a person as an experiment explore her powers if you will i'm calling it right now i think she's bad to the bone cue that song we'll cue that in but yeah i think she's i honestly think season two we're gonna see side of 11 we've never seen before and i don't it's know man shock the audience she's gonna wear a tinkerbell costume jesus she's Christ. gonna stray away from the tinkerbell references guys so another another fan theory we've got is um 11's mom the vegetable they think mm. the vegetable lady they think that's um 11's mom lady you're the vegetable lady that hop and um winona go interview i don't think that's real i think I think that's a government setup. And how would the government set that up? Let's expand on that. They could put anyone. They could. Oh yeah, here's her mom. You don't know who it is. They don't. They've never met this lady before. Oh, that's the theory. Is that it's Eleven's mom? That's not let on in the show at all. Mm. A little bit. They're saying this woman tested all those drugs for the government like we talked about yes, earlier the special yes. K and everything no, I'm saying they present it as her mom but right but she that woman herself feels like she lost a daughter but then her sister is like no she she did yeah, that they never happened yeah they don't allude to who the daughter is or anything they maybe think that but they don't ever definitively say I uh, maybe. my opinion is that she was taking all these acid drugs the government <laughs> was just Filling her with acid, filling her with mescaline, and she had this kid <laughs> who was born with these crazy abilities. You know, that's why the government makes all these drugs illegal, so because you do them long enough, you have a kid, they're going to be throwing cars and trucks with their mind. All of our kids would just be going around fucking up society. I couldn't teach any of them, that's for sure. Maybe yeah. you're familiar with the Avengers? They'd be teaching you. <laughs> X-Men, anyone? That's coming back into play. Circle back. Yes, sir. I don't know, man. So, what do we think's up with this egg? 
egg in the upside down that Hopsy's just like alien. Egg. No idea, man. Egg. I mean, I think it could be the Demogorgon reproducing, possibly. Hermaphroditic Demogorgon, that's true. And it's laying that. its eggs all over the place, man. So it lays it so... Can hermaphrodites do that? Or is that more asexual? I just thought it was interesting when they go and rescue Will and Barb, like... They got like that giant nest kind of thing going yeah, it's on. It's nesting. It's getting its eggs out there, reproducing. Right, right. So then, what is up with that egg? What's up with that? I egg? mean, there is that theory that they're using the people that they suck into the upside down to reproduce from. There is one boy and like one they're girl feeding off of the human life forms. Yeah, yeah. That's the next theory I've got on here. Uh, that slug that will vomits up. Mm. They think that's a larval demogorgon. So there's going to be just a big one roaming around in the sewers. Ooh. Feasting in that drain pipe. Sustaining itself. Dropping waiting. the old sand slugs. <laughs> a big sand Stalking slug. its prey. <laughs> and then... Is Will still himself? Do you guys think Will is still fully Will, or is he so let's, fucked up? Let's dial it back one. And do you think that the slug that he vomited up is actually like a little baby Demogorgon? Yes. Yes, 100%. No questions asked. I mean, there's going to be some questions in there. I didn't write the show, but that's what I think. Yes. There were two instances when they first rescue him. He's got the slug that comes out of him. And at the very end, when he's in the bathroom. Yeah, he spits it down the drain. Right, right. There's a yeah. second one, right? And yes. he's got that tube in his in his mouth, phallic symbol. Mm. Got a big old tube in his mouth, just spitting slugs in there. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ, Yes, um, spitting those slugs in there. They're coming up out. Well, see, this is my thing: is if the demogorgon lives in the upside down and he brings it into the real world, is it going to be able to survive? Does it just die? So yeah. a lot of things that can happen, man. Well, you never know. A lot going on. So, Stranger Things Season 2. What do we know about it? Release date set for October 27th. So, Ooh. get ready to... Get spooky. Binge watch that your entire weekend. Uh, so, in relation to the show spreading over multiple seasons, Ross Duffer said that... The point is not to give everyone what they think they want. I don't think they really know what they want, which is pretty clever. They're not basing it off of, they're not just going and, and writing this thing in like one weekend, you know, they're just, they're really seeing how these characters are, are uh, accepted by fans and they're kind of basing that feedback off what they're going to do with the next seasons. So they could have something in mind for season three already, but maybe based on the feedback they get for season two, they're going to rewrite it. In November 2016, uh, the Duffer brothers already had begun planning their potential third season, saying that uh, they don't want to be caught off guard and making anything up the day before, which they actually did in season one. I'm not too sure exactly what those bits were, but they mentioned that a few of the things they ended up actually writing the day before they were shot. No, I did not know this until we started doing our research for this. That's you, actually pretty impressive, though. You got to tip your hats to those guys if they can come up with something like that, off, you know, just swinging yeah. it over a weekend or something. I mean, who knows what it was. But um, so they're definitely thinking ahead with uh, the next couple seasons. Um, they anticipate having four to five seasons to work with. Um, they don't want to have a definite ending already. While the show is still in the height of its success, and according to Matt, Rather than letting it dry out indefinitely, um, they kind of want to wrap it up in, they're thinking, um, four to five seasons. Uh, August 2017, it is affirmed that uh, the third season has been greenlit uh, with the likelihood of maybe one more season, and then Ross said, probably be done after that, which I think is a smart move. You know, you don't want to drag a show past its its height and then it just becomes one of those shows that yeah you know I really only liked the first couple seasons 
maybe like a How I Met Your Mother type show. Oh, exactly. Yeah, we've all we've the all office. got those. So total disrespect to the office, right there. Hey, it was great until Michael Scott left, and we'll leave it at that. Oh, okay, okay. Season two trailer. What do we know about this, boys? Oh, we know that we see that red lightning, as we talked about before. We know that we see that monster in the sky. A lot yeah. of uh, flashbacks to the upside down. Who knows if they're flashbacks? Maybe they're going back to the, to the upside down. Who knows? That's one of the theories. Mind blow. Maybe the whole show actually takes place in the upside down, and we're getting a flashback to start off. Ooh. Okay, so one of the monsters we see is the Tessel Hydra, or that's what it's hinted or suspected to be. In the end of season one, that's the monster that they're playing in the game. Well, reference well, more, back to the old Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. D&D research, so the Tessel Hydra, that's what we think that big daddy long look, leg looking monster in the trailer is. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we think that is. Uh, doing a little more D&D research. Uh, this monster represents a Hydra, which is basically a multi-head dinosaur. And for the most part, uh, it's got a few differences from what we see in the show. Instead of eight heads uh, and a reptilian body, I think the thing just looks like a daddy long leg or a giant <laughs> spaceship. Right? Well, you can only see it from a distance, so maybe, you know get a little closer glimpse of it as the season progresses who knows and in the D&D monster this one can actually spit a gob of acidic saliva once every day little ode to alien maybe if they Mm. threw that in there true true these guys are really into the old Dungeons and Dragons I'll tell you that hey they were losers in high school am I right so the first Tesla monster in D&D was very genetically unstable and it could breed with other monsters to create new variants. I think this is similar to this. This might be the slug we see in Will. Mm. It's just breeding with everything. You know, it gets in contact with saliva and it's having kids. True. Plus, when Will sees that thing, he looks pretty scared, like as if he's encountered it before, maybe. He's pregnant. He is basically the dad, if we're going off that theory. So, yeah, he's seen it before. That's part of him. That's your little guy right there, Will. <laughs> Imagine if you saw your own sand slug. How would you feel? That's, I would flush it right down the toilet. Well, it's the size of a giant daddy long leg over the entire city. So, not easily done. Talking about the slug, guys. Talking about the slug. So, lastly... The Michael Jackson thriller theory. That's what we're calling this one. I like it. I like the name. <laughs> Ooh, what got, about... Well, go, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Rob. We didn't touch on the Ego Waffles thing yet. I was interested to get into that a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, what did you want to talk about that? Dude, I'm just saying I'm still a little mind blown that this has gotten such a following that they got the Super Bowl commercial out of it. Hey, you know, that's marketing 101 right there. You got <laughs> you got something that's big. You got to suck every last drop out of it. Pause. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, that is true. They is yeah, true. so These guys uh, are smart. Ego Waffles, you know, they didn't really know this show was going to get that much popularity. That's obviously Eleven's favorite food. And so popular that there was an increased demand for Ego Waffles. A I, noticeable increase in demand for egos i'm not normally a waffle guy but like when i watch this show i i could it does go make you want to have some egos i could go for an egg <laughs> it's genius now are you more a fan of the buttermilk ones or are we a chocolate chip kind of guy i would say just a plain one with peanut butter yes yeah, yeah, peanut peanut butter butter butter. i could go with the chocolate chip i like the little cinnamon toast there you throw some Ooh, peanut butter yeah. on there but so, dude, I might go get some egos after this. Man. I can't eat them raw like eleven, but I. And agree that with wasn't you. even product placement. That was just, hey, we'll throw some egos in here, and that's <laughs> just how had it big laying it around got. on the. It set. was accidental. Well, genius your favorite food now. Product placement because Ego came out and they said, no, we didn't. Like they didn't have any idea. They didn't pay them to use egos. They just. 
did that. Do you think they had to pay Ego? Like, hey, guys, mm. we're using your waffles in our show. Well, if they didn't for season one, they for sure have to for season two. Well, do you think that Ego got such a boost off that? They're like, yo, guys, thanks for using our Egos. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, we were saying Ego demand went up. That probably boosted their sales. Hey, come October, invest now in Ego stock. Pumpkin and spice egos. That's really going to be going up come the Halloween season. People are going to be buying egos, props for their parties, leaving we, them out in the woods. I'm going to start handing them out to trick or treaters. We actually went to a Stranger Things bar, theme bar last oh, last dude, year. They had egos on like every shelf in the bar. Egos on egos on egos. Yeah, but they didn't serve any egos, which pissed me off. I wanted uh, some get ego. A, get an ego and a shot. Yeah. Five bucks. Hey, can I get an ego? Well, we don't actually sell egos. <laughs> That's just for display only. Sorry. Yeah, so the Michael Jackson thriller theory. That's, uh, they use thriller in trailer two. Can we outro that? Can we outro the thriller? Yeah, sure. We can uh, chop that in here. And we think well, that, like that, do we think, you know, just as in the end of the thriller video, that uh, Michael Jackson being Will or Eleven is the monster in that Ooh. we'll see in Stranger Things. You know, I, Could I think it's going to relate more to the Eleven side of things. Gotta agree with the Eleven theory, and I think end of season two, early season three, she's gone. <laughs> she gone, Damn, dude. Damn, I'm going That's out heavy, there, bro. Okay, and what are we thinking? What? What theory holds the most weight in your mind? I'm thinking, you know, she is 100% related to it. I think either she controls it or is, you know, maybe part of it. We'll go back to that two-head theory. Old Dungeons and Dragons going all the way back. And, you know, just, just like Michael Jackson, you know, the whole time. I think it's Michael Jackson and boom. Shocker at the end, he's a fucking zombie, a werewolf, whatever you want to call it. Okay, whatever he ends up being at the end of that. Interesting. A oh, white guy. <laughs> no one's like surprise. So you heard it here. You heard it first. Podcast from outer space. We just dropped all of our fan theories. What we think we're gonna see in season two. Uh, if any of you guys that listen to this have any theories that you think feel free to drop us a line at shystynation at gmail.com. We'll read all of them. If you have any material you want us to cover, any any sort of science fiction. Yeah, shout any, outs, questions. Any suggestions We'd for love future to hear episodes. We'd love to hear some, some listener feedback. So until next time, adios. Peace. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of forty thousand years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. 